Hey friends, welcome to Eat, Pray, Hustle podcast. I'm Marielle Senny-Settles and I am taking over. I'm a business owner, a mama, a licensed esthetician, and a self-development enthusiast. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things food, spirituality, success. There's no limits, so let's talk about it all. It's going to be a good one. podcast is brought to you by Skinology Skin and Body Studio, a licensed massage establishment in Northwest Tucson and a full-service aesthetic salon. We are your one-stop shop for lashes, skin care, and massage. Our licensed estheticians and massage therapists have years of experience, and we were recently nominated for Best Spa and Massage. Book today at SkinologyTucson.com. We've got a professional digital creator here. She's a mom blogger, a photographer extraordinaire. She's navigating motherhood and mental health. Welcome, Mandy Rena. Hello. (laughs) Nice to meet you all. How are you feeling about being on your first podcast? A little out of my comfort zone, but we're going to push through it. Awesome. I want to talk about how you got into photography because you take some of the best pictures I've ever seen and you have such a broad range. Like you did my wedding pictures, but you also did a few of our restaurant pictures and all of them are amazing, always. So you are my go-to photographer. How did it all begin? Um, my journey with photography was just kind of started as an outlet to get away from my children when I was a stay-at-home mom and just kind of grew into this business for me. That's kind of allowed me to be creative and feel that creative part of my soul outside of the house while still being able to maintain being there for my kids' needs. Absolutely. How do you stay inspired? How do you get ideas? I get inspired by you asking me to do different kinds of shoots or just like sometimes I'll just see a dress and I'm like, that dress is gorgeous. I need to photograph someone in it. Or as photographers, we do styled shoots. And sometimes just planning those are just something that you have in complete control of and you have full range to do whatever you want in your creative mind. And that just kind of keeps you going. You are fully able to adapt to whatever style of photography people need, but you prefer like the light and airy. Yes. So for certain people, That I know and love like you, you know, I definitely will do a little bit of different editing styles or stuff that's a little different outside of normal. But yes, my heart when I'm booking clients is with the light and airy, true, true to tone, but just very dreamy and creamy um, colors and backgrounds. And it's like whimsical, almost like fairy tale, whimsical, magical. And I truly like I consider it timeless. They're photos that are never going to go out of style. Yes. That's very much your motif. And then I'll come in and be like, I need a picture of this big, beautiful pizza. (laughs) Can you take it? Can we make it work? And you do. Yes. So thank you. Uh, What's your favorite thing to shoot? I, this year, just made a big pivot. Um, I am, it's probably the first time I'm saying this, I will no longer be accepting weddings. Um, I'm moving solely into um, family portraits. Um, I'll still do couples, engagements, things like that, but not shooting full day weddings anymore and just moving into mainly family photography, which is where my heart lies. That's kind of where I'm at in life. And just really, I've noticed over the last year, like when I'm shooting families, I'm just, I leave with so much joy knowing that I've captured that stage in their life and that moment and they're going to cherish it forever. Absolutely. I I can agree with that. And I feel lucky that you were able to photograph our wedding because it was the pictures are beautiful. Uh, Is it a lot of energy to photograph a wedding? Because you were with me all day long on my wedding day. Is that just because we're besties or because you do that for everybody? Um, I definitely it's I won't book a wedding for less than eight hours. So it is kind of an all day thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, I'm getting there right as the bride's finishing getting ready kind of get in those last moments. So it's definitely an all-day thing. Most weddings are weekends, and so that kind of takes away a lot of time that my kids are off school, my husband's out of work. 
And so there's just a lot of things. It's a lot of work that goes into them. Mm-hmm. So I've, we have a thing in the industry where we second shoot for other photographers. So I've been doing that where it's still eight hours. But all I do is photograph other angles for the main photographer. So I still get that fun of doing the wedding. But I don't have the I don't have to go home and edit or call or any of that. Less pressure. It's less on me. I just okay. get to enjoy the be- the beautiful like day and just yeah. like be with people. I imagine brides could be a lot. Some are. I've been blessed. All of my brides I've ever had have been amazing. <laughs> They're all been super chill, super relaxed. None of them have been stressful. Okay, good. So. You took me to Circle K on my wedding day because I really wanted a cherry coke. Yes, we did. <laughs> And then we hiked up a mountain in a wedding dress together. So side note, how do we learn to pose? Do you have any tips or tricks for us looking picture perfect? Everybody you photograph looks like a supermodel and that's not the case. So what do we do? With posing, the biggest thing is the idea of perfect doesn't exist. Okay. Um, A lot of things that look very natural on camera in Real life are not natural, and you can attest to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with that, the biggest thing is with posing is when you're looking for a t- photographer is looking at their style of posing. Is there's different types of posing, and every photographer is slightly different. Um, posing is always going to be something that I would recommend any of my clients to look for when looking for a client. Is it's the core part of it. Yes, matching the outfits is fun and all of that's very cute. But if the person can't pose you, the photos aren't going to turn out correctly. And you're not going to be happy with the end product. And that's been like the biggest thing I've heard from clients is, oh, yeah, we had a photographer take our photos, but she didn't know how to pose us. She just said, stand there and look pretty. Mm. Nobody knows what to do with that. So when I started the business and I started getting clients, I made an effort to invest in a posing course that taught me how to pose people, how to set them up in a pose and then give a prompt to kind of let a moment roll because and then that's what you're capturing. So posing isn't perfect and stuff that like you feel wouldn't look good in person on the camera look really cute. Mm -hmm. So you had us put our noses together and giggle. (laughs) Yep. On our wedding day. (laughs) And it was like the weirdest thing we've ever done. But the pictures are really, really cool. Yes. Especially especially with weddings. There's a lot of stuff you're like, you normally don't have your, you know, your nose on, you know, your husband's forehead or his temple. But it looks really cute in the camera. It really does. I like that you build on your craft by taking all these classes and courses. I think that's amazing that it's it's something you improve on all the time. Right. Yes, I just took a new course that kind of made my new editing style. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. And it was so when I started, I took kind of um, there's these real popular photographers from they were uh, were in Scottsdale and I did their course and I felt like it was a really good beginner course. And it got me out the door. But then I was getting to the point where I felt like my work was, it was good, but it wasn't where I wanted it to be, where I felt I could get it. And so I found this other photographer who, whose style I just absolutely loved. And I did her a mentorship with her about six months ago. And my work is everything I want it to be right now. Yeah, It's everything I've been trying to achieve. It was one of the best investments I made in my business and myself. I think it's super important to invest in yourself and invest in your career. And I like that you do such a great job of it. And I know you probably took the food photography course because I always harass you for food pictures for different business ventures and such. So I appreciate that about you. Um, I want to talk about social media. Um, You have a following of like 12,000 people on your mom blog. Yes. How does one build up such a following? Did it happen organically or is it something you had to put work into? Um, It was kind of a mixture of both. Um, I definitely, when I first started, it was all organic. And then as I started getting more and more campaigns, the companies always are looking for more and more followers, more engagement. So it definitely kind of became more of a job Mm -hmm. of trying to get in front of clients and get my materials 
sought after. So at that time, I was doing a combination of like paid advertisements on like Instagram um, along with still trying to get that organic reach. Nice. Do you feel, does that make you nervous that there's like 12,000 people watching you on social? No. No. Um, I don't think of it when I'm sharing on my social media. I just see it as I'm just sharing what I'm going through in hopes that someone can relate. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, what's the importance, how important is it to keep our content fresh quarterly? You recommended quarterly branding sessions. Can you tell me why? So the key reason for branding, especially quarterly, would be just keeping your content fresh as well as keeping your photos fresh. How often as women do we change our hair, our looks, our makeup, anything like that? Plus it also leads into like, you don't want to be posting you in a sundress in winter. Sure. I mean, very beautiful picture, but still, it's just not the season. Mm. So it kind of helps you stay with the current season as well as like for you with the spa, if you're offering like new facials or products or things like that, you can also incorporate that into it. So it just kind of allows you to keep your content relevant to what's going on right now as well as just you have – photos to pull from and items to have just if you're like oh I didn't have a client today but I need to post something on social media oh I have this brand branding session I did oh let's use this photo and talk about brow lamination or something Mm -hmm. whatever you want to do banked content is underrated yes I think it's a secret Mm -hmm. that people don't know about people think that when you're posting let's say a fresh facial or something that you took it in real time that's not the case. There's so much work that goes into setting up a shoot like that. Yes, and you you know from working with me is the photos you see from the branding sessions, they are the least, I'm, I'm sure all your clients who've had them, they're the least relaxing facial they've ever had in their life. Absolutely. But you have to do that to get the content because most facial are done in a dark lit room, which doesn't work for photos. For lighting, yeah. Mm-hmm. What should people know before they book a session with you? My biggest suggestion to clients is find the style you're looking for, whether it's bright and airy, true to color, moody, dark and moody. There's so many styles out there. And here in Tucson, we have so many amazing photographers that cover every variety. My first suggestion is find your style. Look into their work. Don't just look at their colors. Look at how the clients are posed, the age of the clients, how how the settings are. Just really look into their the backside of their work versus just, oh, that's a pretty picture. Look into it like, oh, I really like how, you know, the little kid's doing this. I like that. Um, I just feel like a lot of people just see, oh, that's a pretty picture. But a lot of people don't really understand all the hard work as a photographer we put in on the back end. And so my biggest suggestion is just really look to the person. Make sure you're a good fit. Call them. Just give them a call. Talk. You can really learn a lot just from talking to someone on the phone because I've called clients who love my work. And they're like, I love your work, but we just don't mesh. Okay. And that's okay. You're not going to be everyone's person. You're not for everybody. Yeah. But – if I know you and me don't get along, I can refer you to someone who shoots similar to me if that's the style or someone who's different. The one thing I've really loved about being in the photography community in Tucson is we have we all support each other. We all believe in community over competition. We are constantly like, hey, I can't work this date. Who's available? You know, I have someone. I'm outside of their budget. You know, is there, are there any of you guys in their budget? Like, that's been such a blessing to have to kind of help just kind of provide even if you can't provide the service for your client giving them options that you know are going to be just as good that fit whatever their needs are i think with photography it's definitely an exchange of energy as well right you kind of have to vibe with each other and it's also an investment and for a lot of with photography it's a moment you can't get back so really don't just jump at oh, this is cheap. 
you know, really look at their work, how they're doing it. Just really put in that, like, this is something I'm going to cherish forever. Mm-hmm. It's and priceless. Really. Yeah, it really is. So that's kind of my biggest thing is price is always a factor for clients. And I understand that. But I also feel like you don't want to sacrifice your money for less work when down the road you're going to be like, man, I wish I just did that. I've heard horror stories of people that years later haven't gotten their wedding pictures back. And that's always like, that's terrifying. And even when you and I did our, my wedding, I was like, Mandy, you're a friend, but let's fill out a contract. Yeah. And you were like, of course, absolutely. I make, I make everyone, even if it's a, you know, a shoot, a styled shoot where I'm just want to use the photos for social media or website or whatever. Like I still have my model sign a model release and a form. I'm just, it's as a business, you need to, you need to have something. I yeah. mean, you could be best friends and doesn't mean it's going to stay forever. Yeah. You're a true professional and I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Let's talk about mom life because you and I have that in common. You, I don't have a lot of mom friends. You are like the only one basically. And Same so to you. <laughs> I always have like a million questions for you and you have three kiddos. Yes. And I just honestly feel like people that don't have children don't get it. You don't get it. Yes. You don't understand a lot of things about life yet. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that when you have children, your entire ether is going to be flipped upside down and you like almost lose yourself in motherhood, right? What do you think is the best part of being a mom? The best part for me for being a mom is right before bed when I'm tucking my kids and I read them a, a story and they're like, good night, mom. I love you. Like that's the like I'm doing something right because there's lots of times where I'm like, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm am I messing up my children for life? Am I Is this going to cause them to have issues down the road? Motherhood's hard. And like you said, it's really hard to find people who get it. Mm-hmm. I am a mother of three. I have two children with special needs, which makes it a lot harder because one of my kids is autistic, but he is very sensory seeking. So most people, when I say, oh, he has autism, they're like, he doesn't look autistic. What does autism look like? I mean, he may not have a physical disability, but he still has one. And the biggest thing is minute things turn into big things. And people don't understand that with him. And they go, well, he's 12. Yes, he's 12, but he doesn't act like a normal 12-year-old. He just started middle school this year, and one of his classes has a riddle at the beginning of the class. And he called me so upset because he didn't get the riddle. And so he was like, it was something that's like, you didn't get it. You just kind of move on for a normal person. But for him, it was a really big deal. And so you have to kind of get into his mindset of, okay, well, let's talk this through and just go through that. So that's definitely hard for me, I think, to like find people who connect with that. I think as a mom, like if I invite you to hang out, I'm assuming all three of them are coming. Yes. Because that is mom life. And I think a part of being friends as moms is you have to, like, I love you and I love your children. Yes. <clears throat> I agree. No, I'm I'm the same way. There was, I, when I, I notice when I have friends who don't have kids, mm-hmm. I tend to try to plan it around when my husband's home so I don't bring the kids. Mm-hmm. And... I've had a few of my friends who have told me, like, hey, if I invite you somewhere, like, I'm inviting your kids, too. Yeah. And while I love bringing my kids, sometimes it is nice to just be like, hey, let's go have let's go have lunch or dinner without the kids. Yeah, just us. But, yeah, I, I always assume the kids are coming. How do you juggle all three of them and the photography business and the mom blog? I don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't do it well. I try. I'm, yeah. I'm working on it. Um, I have a lot of changes coming up in 2023 for my, like, my side on the back end of my business. Um, but the biggest thing has just been 
Um, one of the reasons I stepped away from weddings is because I want to get weekends back. Um, not necessarily like every weekend, but I want to be able to because my most of my um, sessions are an hour long. So if I do one hour versus an eight-hour day, that's seven more hours with my kids that day. So that was kind of a big thing with, with it. It was just kind of learning what steps I needed to take to make it. And then the photography is nice and the blog because it allows me flexibility to make my own schedule so that I can be there for my kids when they need it. How do you get the kiddos to pose for these beautiful, perfect family pictures? Let them be themselves. Just let them do their thing. Yeah. Okay. You, you, I have a, cl- uh, not a, cl- a questionnaire I send all my clients that I ask about the kids. You know, what does each kid like? What are they into? Because for a kid, not a lot of kids do photos every year. And if it's your first time meeting someone, most kids are like, who is this person? I don't know them. So the questionnaire I have just is like, you know, tell me something about them. One of my clients in for a mini session, which are always really hard because you only have 20 minutes with the family and you got to really connect. And there was like, that one was just like, tell me something fun about your family. And so they had two little boys and one of the little boys was born on Christmas. And so we're, they were kind of having a hard time and, you know, they, they were doing great, but they were kind of getting, you could tell they were getting bored. And so I was just like, so someone told me that one of you is born on Christmas and his eyes just lit up. And like, that's the moment you capture is that smile, that joy, like, oh my gosh, she knows something about me. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, you know, if they have a favorite song, character, toy, anything like that. It just, it's something they can relate to and you can connect with them. Another thing I like to do too at the beginning of sessions is with the kids is I get on their level. You know, if, if they're five and younger, I'll kneel down. I'll say, hey, my name's Mandy. What's your name? You know, um, and I just kind of introduce to, I just kind of introduce myself to them kind of in a way that they would understand. And some of them will come up and like shake my hand. Some of them will look at me like, who are you? Mm-hmm. You're weird. <laughs> but most children by the end of the sessions, I've had, I don't know how many kids I've had come up and just hug me. And the parents are like, they never do that to anyone. Yeah, that's sweet. And so it's just let the kids be themselves. You're going to get great photos if you have someone who, if you have a photographer who is used to working with kids and kind of knows how to just kind of get to know them. I think you have that warm motherly energy too. That I, I feel like that definitely helps. Um, I do have a, quite a few clients who have kids with special needs, which I love. And their one take back, they always tell me, is you're so patient. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes from my oldest. I just, I have to have a lot of patience with him. And so I think that really plays into my business. I would definitely describe you as patient. That is for sure. Yeah, I don't see it. (laughs) You are super open on social media and in general about your mental health. What inspires you to share so freely about these things? You've posted on your Instagram bio about being bipolar. Yes. I, I, my goal with being open and honest is if I can help one person realize that they're not alone, I did it. Like I, I had my youngest when I was 20 and I had, or my oldest when I was 20 and my youngest when I was 26. So there's six years between them. And when I had my oldest, there was no talk of like postpartum depression anything like that. And I had a really, really, really tough time with it. With my youngest, it was definitely more brought up. The doctors were like, do you know, do you need to seek help for this? Anything like that. So it was in six years, it had changed so much, but it still wasn't quite, I didn't feel like it was just, what's the way to say it? I didn't feel like it was still like, it was like, do you have it? Do you need me to talk to someone? That's kind of it. Whereas we're definitely as a country moving better in mental health, but I still feel like there's still a stigma around it. Yeah, absolutely. And the, 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 one of the singers from Lincoln Park always, you know, I have a blog post. It's my most popular, it's my most popular blog post. And it's, and he said, you know, my, what is it? it's like, my mind's a horrible place. And 
he, I mean, he's living everyone's dream. He, you know, he's wealthy, he has all the money in the world, but in the end, he still is battling an internal battle that a lot of people don't, you don't see it. We're really, 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 really good at hiding it. Mm -hmm. I'm really, really, really good at hiding it. You are. I can look at you and lie to your face and tell you I'm having a wonderful day when I've had six thoughts of killing myself that day. It's just how we are. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends I met through blogging, her most popular post is about mommy rage, where you just see red. And I've had that moment where there was a point a few years ago um, where my youngest was was having a really tough time and I knew if I didn't step away from him, I was going to harm him and it was going to be bad. And at that point, I contacted my family and was like, I need your help. Someone needs to help me. And they they did and I got myself the help I needed and we're we're still working on the road. It's not perfect, but we're getting there. It gets pretty dark sometimes in your mind. <laughs> yes. You've said this to me before. Yes. How do you cope? Um, I think asking for help is definitely the way to go here. But yeah, what other things do you do as far as like coping? Um, I kind of have different things depending on on the day um, or the situation. I mean, sometimes there's days where I just I shut my door, I lock it, and I grab a pillow and I scream for twenty minutes into it. You know, there's there's times where I'm just like, I love you guys. I need a minute. And I'll, you know, ask the kids to go play outside or something. Or um, I do a lot of mental health, um, a lot of self-help or self-care. You know, the one of the big things is, is like doing facials with you monthly. You know, that's made me really love my skin. I mean, I haven't worn makeup in over six months and I love it because – Part of my mental health is I also have OCD, which is perfection, like wanting to be perfect. And so with makeup was always a struggle because I could never get it perfect. So like I had my eyebrows powder brown and that was the best investment in myself ever because now they're always perfect. Because I remember there was times where I would spend two hours just trying to make my eyebrows perfect. And then that would ruin my mood to where I was going and I didn't want to do it anymore. So it's just learning your triggers and what you can do to help yourself. And then professional help too, right, yes. Mandy? Yes. That's something that's like a, a tool in your toolbox. Yes. I I was first diagnosed with depression when I was in third grade, so eight years old. Wow. So I am in my 30s, so it's been at least over 20, 25 years I've been dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen my share of therapists, doctors, the whole nine yards, and definitely finding someone you click with. Mental health in this state, I can only really speak for this state, is horrible. I mean, you want to switch providers, six to 12 month wait just to get on there. In the meantime, there's not a lot of resources to kind of help you in between. Um, we had an example where the facility I was going to wasn't covered and, or was no longer to be covered on new insurance. So then there's they do some things where they call it a bridge where while you're waiting to get seen, the current place you were seeing can fill your medication. But in the meantime, you're not seeing a doctor. They're just filling it. And I've also been to places where I walk in the door and I say, oh, I'm bipolar. They're like, okay, here's your medicine. And it's like, you didn't ask me anything. So you have to find a doctor who you're comfortable with, you click with, and you can really talk to and get to know you. I feel like that's, don't just settle for, oh, this will work. You have to find someone who really, you just mesh with. I'm glad you have that now. And I'm yes. glad you have the help that you asked for. And I'm glad your family has been there for you. And I'm also glad I can be a part of your self-care. Yes. I think you're doing all of the things to to heal you know and it's it's awesome and nobody talks too much about postpartum depression but it's definitely a thing I experienced it for 10 days and it was 
the darkest, blackest hole I've ever been in yep. in my entire life. And I just could not stop crying. We didn't know what was happening. Hubby didn't know what to do. Like, it was awful. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine living like that all of the time. Luckily, mine after 10 days went away. Yeah. I got out, just kind of walked in the sun mm-hmm. every morning. And, you know, my body, my hormones regulated. So yeah. I was lucky in that sense. But, yeah, I know a lot of people aren't. So when you're having an episode of your mental health one thing that you do is you retreat. I know this about you. You yes. posted this yesterday. <laughs> she was like, disconnecting, if you have my number, you can reach me. Yes. That's what you posted on Facebook. So does it help to disconnect? Is that one of your coping mechanisms? Is this something that people should try? No. Okay. <laughs> um, I do it mostly because growing up, I never had friends. I went to a school and I was bullied. Anytime I tried to make a friend, they would get in their ear and make them stop talking to me. So I ended up in seventh grade switching schools completely. Um, But that was from pretty much from the time I was diagnosed with depression until sixth grade. And so that's when you would develop a lot of coping skills. And so mine was I never had anyone to talk to. I mean, I had therapists and doctors at the time, but when you're a kid, you kind of only tell them so much. So it's not necessarily too okay to like just step away and like just kind of retreat. But for me, like that, that message was, I still want to be in contact with everyone, but I just need to get off social media. Okay. Because there's, and there's nothing bad with people posting their lives and living it. But sometimes, like, you know, we were supposed to go to Disney this fall, and it just, life happened, and it's not working out. But then I see my friends posting they're there, and then you just get that, like, it's kind of like that, just that little stab, like, oh. That FOMO. You know, and it's not, and I'm, like, so happy for them. Like, they're living their life, and I love Disney, and, like, I'm so happy for them. But there's still that, yeah, like you said, the FOMO. And so it's just, like, for me, that was just kind of like a, I need to step away from watching you guys and focus on me and my family. Well, when you posted that last night, there was nothing in me that's like, I'm going to leave Mandy alone. I was like, let me message this bitch and make sure sure that she's coming to this podcast tomorrow morning and also to make sure you're okay. Yeah. And and that's that's really what what people who struggle with mental health need is you just need someone that's like that will see that post and not just be like, oh, you need someone who sees that and it's like, Hey, I'm going to call them. I'm going to text them because I know you're not a caller. No, please <laughs> don't ever call me anybody. Um, yeah, but I, I saw that message and it, was, it wasn't it was the instinct to leave you alone. It was like, I need to check on her. We need to make sure everything's okay. I need to make sure she's going to come because this is going to be good for her. Yeah. So what is a day in the life of Mandy? Um, what time are you getting up? What are you eating for breakfast? Um, how are you scheduling everything you need to do? Well, school's back in session. So my days, I get up at 630, get the kids up, get them ready. Depends on if they eat food at home or at school. Um, so, and then their drop-offs are 730 and 830. So then after 830, I kind of have my time. And I usually don't eat breakfast. I don't eat eggs so everything with breakfast has eggs and so after not eating eggs for over 10 years I'm like I'm kind of tired of everything Mm -hmm. so sometimes I'll do like toast or something but for the most part I usually don't eat breakfast and I usually eat something about 10 30 though something that's kind of like a light what's the word brunch Mm -hmm. item so um typically um if it's I'm heading into busy season, so it would be right after I drop the kids off, I'd head home and start editing photos, delivering galleries, uh, responding to clients. Um, during slow season, I'm usually, that's when I'm investing in, like, education and courses and stuff like that. Um, so typically kids are at school. While they're at school is when I try to focus on my businesses. That's when I'm focusing on my blog, my photography, all of that kind of stuff. Um, once I get them from school, and then I try to focus on um, homework if they have any, making sure they're caught up in classes, and then 
we follow that with, you know, if they're, if they've done everything, you know, maybe we'll go to the park or a splash pad or something. And then kind of about four o'clock, I start dinner. So that's ready for when my husband gets home, eat dinner, make about six dinners because nobody will eat the same thing. <laughs> and then um, kind of, I let the kids after that, they kind of have their free time. I kind of hang out with my husband. We watch our shows. Um, then about seven, we kind of start the bedtime routine and then they get to bed. If I'm behind on editing, the, I'll probably stay up a couple hours and edit. If not, just kind of enjoy the evening with my husband and then eventually I fall asleep. Or some nights I don't fall asleep because insomnia is fun. Sure. <laughs> what is it like to travel with the kiddos? Chaos. Chaos. In another place? Yeah. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, the type of planning depends on how and what we're doing. Planning for a trip to Disney World versus planning a cruise are very different in my world because there's different needs. Do you have any budget travel tips? Don't travel. Don't go. <laughs> um, no. Everything, I mean, right after everything started opening after COVID was nice because everything was so cheap, but it's it's definitely, everything's getting back up there now. Um, just being mindful of your budget and finding ways to save as you can, you know, going through a travel agent. I book all my travel through a travel agent. That's been the best thing for me. Um, they constantly are get, watching the deals for you and helping you out, and they do all the, like, hard work. And so that's – Aaliyah's my girl. I love her, and I will forever use her for all of my travel. And What's the company? Briar and Main Travel Boutique. Okay. They're amazing. I've – I've done their branding. I've met the girls. They're all amazing. Um, I love one of her travel designers um, has a kiddo with autism, and so she specializes in planning travel for families with kids with disabilities. And I'm like, that's yeah. amazing. Like, I've never, you know, 10 years ago, that wouldn't be a thing. That's super custom tailored to you and to your family. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just been nice um, watching deals. I mean, you saw me. I posted, you know, Great Wolf. On August 4th, always does the $84 sale because mm -hmm. Great Wolf's $350 a night for a basic room. $84 a night. Yeah, you have to stay during the week, but that's a deal. My kids love Great Wolf. Okay. And it's a good workout. Okay. Because it's like three or four flights of stairs to the slides. I'll have a rule. I, I'll do it twice and then I need a break. Okay. <laughs> kind of a workout. That's amazing though, having a travel agent that understands that your your little one needs a little bit of extra extra attention and accommodate that. Yes. Any trip any tips for doing a cruise with kiddos? Get a balcony. A balcony. I feel like I'd be afraid my kid's gonna jump off the balcony. There's well, depending on the cruise line and the ship, okay. they're they're pretty well protected. They don't want you going anyone going out of it. Okay. There's also some cruise ships that they have they call it a a white wall balcony where instead of being able to see through the bottom, it's just solid. But you can still see over it like a normal balcony. So for someone who's scared of that, that's an option. Cause then you still get the view without worrying about your kid falling out at the bottom. Yeah. Um, balconies are, are amazing. Um, most cruise rooms will only sleep up to four guests. Mm -hmm. Definitely getting connecting rooms if you have a family, because I'm a family of five. Um, there are some cruise rooms that will sleep five or more, but they tend to be a little more expensive. So just knowing that going into it, if you're going to have to do two rooms or not. How do you decide where you guys are going to travel to next? A lot of it is stuff the kids have asked to see because they're big on YouTube. And so they'll see like places that YouTubers have gone and they're like, I want to go there. But I also this year, because we've done a lot of the theme parks and stuff, which that just that makes me happy. That brings me joy. And so that's why we do it a lot. But this year I was talking to my husband and I'm like, I want to start doing like more just places to look at, you know, that are still fun. 
Um, we found the Jellystone campgrounds, which are kind of like KOAs, but they have a collaboration with the company that produces Yogi Bear. So they have all these activities for the kids. And so we did that. We stayed at one in Texas for my brother's wedding, and the kids had so much fun. Even though all their activities were closed for the summer, the kids still like loved seeing the the characters were still out. So they got to see Yogi Bear, which is they don't know who Yogi Bear is, but I do. My husband does, and his and his grandfather does. Yeah. You know, my husband's dad does. So it's like that's their childhood. So you're living through that. The nostalgia, yeah. Is there anything you do before a big trip? Make sure everyone's medication is filled. Okay. Yes. Taking um, care of the kids. Yes. Just making sure um, if someone's watching your house, they have a list of your who your warranties are through in case something happens. Um, we have dogs, so we board our dogs. So making sure that, that that's set up early enough because there's – those book up fast. Mm-hmm. So we've we've kind of done tried a little. We've tried different things. You know, we've boarded the dogs. We've had someone stay at the house with the dogs because we have two dogs and a cat. So it's just kind of making sure everything's in order. But if someone's there and something happens, they know where to go, as well as us. You know, making sure we have. If you're traveling out of the country, everyone has their passports. Now it's vaccine cards. Um, making sure you have you know, your credit cards, but you have extra ones that you don't plan on using in case something happens because accounts get frozen all the time and stuff. And just the biggest thing is I always have to make sure I plan my kids' doctor's appointments far enough ahead of time that it doesn't interfere with refills because some of the medications my kids are on, I can only get refilled every 28 days. If it's 27, they will not refill it. But if we're leaving... So the big thing is making sure the kids have what they need and then planning ahead yes. is what I'm getting. And then maybe do you pack light or do you overpack? It With the kids, because their clothes is smaller, I'm usually, for them, I tend to overpack just to kind of have something for every season because our last two cruises as a family were supposed to be sunny and warm. They were cold and rainy. Okay. So just so be, be prepared. With kids, I say dress for everything. Obviously, I mean, if you're going, like, to Mexico or the Caribbean, don't bring a heavy coat, but bring a light jacket because yeah. the cruises do get chilly at night. What about tips for saving for these big trips? I know one of the things you do is, like, cook at home and yes. don't spend as much money on eating out. Is there anything else you do as far as, like, tips for saving for travel? Um. I do that. Um, we have a jar at home that's our change jar that anytime someone has cash and we as a family agreed, we just take our change and put it in there. And then we let it build up and then we go take it somewhere to cash it in. Um, the other thing is is we, we do Disney a lot. Um, so my kids will, um, for the holidays, they ask for Disney gift cards because they never expire. Mm-hmm. But they can be used at the parks, online, on the cruises. Uh, wherever they want to use it and so the kids like that it's their money and so that's kind of so that's what they ask for for Christmas and their birthdays Um, the other thing is watch the deals I mean I know on Disney we booked a they call it a future cruise credit where you pay it was 250 a room so you can book up to two rooms you pay for it on your cruise you have to do it before you get off Um, but if you have two years two years to book your next cruise from when your cruise started and you get 10% off the price. So you're just like a deal seeker when it comes to these, I'm just, these you, travel. I just watch watch what's for sale, watch off seasons. One of my favorite times to travel is rodeo because nowhere else in the country has it. And travel in February is dirt cheap anywhere. Hmm. So I always try to plan some vacation for rodeo. February. Okay, good to know. Where are you guys going to next? We have a Disney cruise um, out of San Diego over Martin Luther King weekend. So the kids are out of school for Martin Luther King Day on Monday. And my kids' school is also closed that Friday. And the cruise is Friday to Monday. So they're not missing any school. But because it's off-season, too, the cruise was cheap. Okay. 
That's good to know. And it's San Diego, so it's only a few hours away. Yeah, you're trying to convince <laughs> me to go on this with you. You need to. <laughs> You'll love it. Um, the future. Will you ever do any kind of teaching program for your photography? You take all these amazing courses, but I feel like you could put one together. I've been playing with the idea. I just, I don't feel like I have enough belief in myself to do that just because I don't know if it's just my mentality, but I just, I still feel like I'm still learning in my business. Okay. That's fair. So whenever you've felt like you've mastered it, that might be an option. Yeah. What makes you happy? Going to Disney? (laughs) Um, Travel. Travel. I, I have learned over the last few years, and that's especially what I learned over, you know, COVID and all of that, was I missed going places. I missed traveling. I, I love watching my kids joy when they're somewhere they've been wanting to go, seeing something they've never seen before. That, that's my happy place. I love, I love living through them because I remember being there. And your relationship with the little one, it's its better. He's happy. Yeah. He's healthy. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a good relationship. I'm his favorite person. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's just different to, to, I don't know what's the words. Probably to support somebody with special needs. It is yeah. because it's harder. Like my, my kiddos are not going to stand on the line for two hours. Mm-hmm. So... Luckily, a lot of the theme parks have made programs that adapt to people like that. Mm-hmm. And that allows us to enjoy the time versus us standing in line for a ride they want to be on. And they're like, I'm bored, I'm bored. And then your kid's squirming and upset and you're trying to hold them and they're kicking and screaming. And you know, you're, you feel not necessarily you're ruining it for everyone around them, but you feel like oh my God, all these people standing around here, we're ruining their day, my kid's being horrible. Just, it's, you just have to like know know what they provide and what they can, how they can serve your family the best. And you are a great advocate for your family and for your kiddos. Yes. How can we support people in our lives that have mental health struggles? For me personally, just having people check in is is helpful because it really truly like shows you who's in your corner and who's on who's there to support you and who's like I got your back. Cuz I have I have friends and I have acquaintances. It's kind of what I've kind of turned into. It's like yeah, there's someone I know, I've met, I've talked to, but I don't really talk to them all the time and I don't really consider them like a true friend. And then I have people who are like you, where I'm like, she's my friend. I know I can, I know I could text her. She's going to respond. I think also you were in a place a while ago of having people just kind of needing things from you. Yes. Do you feel that way? Like there was a lot of people that needed a lot of things from you. And I hated to see it. So I make it a point to just be your friend and, like, not require anything of you. Yes. I definitely for a while was me as a person. Like, I'm, I'll give you the shirt off my back. I'm a very giving person. I've always been that way. I think it's because of growing up and being bullied and never having friends at a young age. I never want anyone to feel like that. Yeah. And so I have a very hard time saying no. I still do, but I'm more cautious of what time I'm willing to give to people and who I'm willing to give it to. And you just sometimes you just have to either step away from the person or just be like, it's not working out. Set a boundary. Set boundaries. Yeah, I think boundaries are are your friends for sure. Where will you be in five years? What do you see for the future for you and for the kiddos, for hubby? So we'd be about six years away from moving out of the desert, which I can't wait. <laughs> um, hopefully, I'm. my goal is I would like to have my 
blog kind of up and running more focusing on maternal mental health. Um, that's something I hopefully plan to start kind of in January is bringing more of that um, into into that just to kind of help other moms out there. Um, I mean, I've definitely made a lot of changes in my business this year and just kind of seeing them go forward, you know, hopefully continue to grow my business and keep attracting my ideal clients for that. I think you're doing a great job of just being a mama and navigating everything you have going on and you should give yourself more credit. I do. I I I see that and I I feel it, but again, it's my mind is always like like I'll go to and do a session and like I'm there and I'm with my client and I leave and I'm like, I have this high. It's amazing. That was wonderful. And then I get home, I upload the photos, I am editing a couple and I'm like this little thing right here. I'm like, I've ruined it. This session's horrible. It sucked. <laughs> it was the worst thing ever. I hate this. And I've done that multiple times, especially with weddings, where I'm just like, I hate these photos. They're horrible. They're not going to like them. And like my clients love them. Yeah. But I'm just so hard on myself. And that's just, I've always been that way. You really are. And I think it's something that all of us need to work towards, just like giving ourselves a little bit more credit and all the things that we're doing. Like with photography, like I, I'm very, very, very like strict on images I will deliver to my clients. Mm -hmm. And like I see other photographers who are at the same level at me, same skill, and they'll deliver a picture. And I'm like, I love that. But then I'm like, if it was me, I wouldn't have delivered that picture. Maybe. And then I'm like, maybe I'm too hard on myself. So maybe. I'm Let's... trying to kind of loosen it up a little bit and not expect true perfection in my work. Maybe let's post some of those outtakes, some of those pictures that you don't think are that great, you know, because they I, probably are. That's true. I yeah. should do that. If you have outtakes for my wedding, I would love to see them, by the way, with my hot dog socks and my Birkenstocks <laughs> under my wedding dress. Yes. You're <laughs> so not the only one. Where can everybody find you, Mandy? How do we connect with you? How do we hire you? Give us all the socials, all the links, oh. all the things. I'll have to find them. She's on Instagram. So Instagram is my primarily social media I use. Mm -hmm. uh, my photography is Mandy Rena Photography. Um, I think I'm the only Mandy Rena. If you type in Mandy Rena, you pretty much get all of my stuff. Okay. Uh, my blog is just the Mandy Rena, um, and then they all have uh, they all have their own websites that are in my bios. Cool. I want to thank you for coming on and being so open and so honest and for sharing your travel knowledge and, you know, the, the things that are hard to talk about. I appreciate you sharing all of it. Of course. Like thank I said, you. if I can if I can help one person, I hit my goal. I just want people out there to know that you're not alone. You're not the only one. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you.